key figure in an ongoing government charade. The plot to conceal the truth about the existence of extraterrestrials. It's a global conspiracy, actually, with key players, the highest levels of power, and it reaches down to the lives of every man, woman, and child on this planet. So, of course, no one believes me. I'm a... I'm an annoyance to my superiors and a joke to my peers. They call me Spooky. Spooky Mulder's sister was abducted by aliens when he was just a kid and now chases after little green men with a badge and a gun, shouting to the heavens or anyone who will listen. Just fixes in and the sky is falling. And when it hits, it's going to be the shit storm of all time. Welcome to Now Playing's X-Files Retrospective Series, hosted by Stuart, Arnie, and Marjorie. What are we doing up here? We will be reviewing X-Files, Fight the Future, and X-Files, I Want to Believe, to find out if the truth really is out there. Virus may be extraterrestrial. Beware, these podcasts are spoiler-filled, so if you can't handle the truth, push stop now. You leave here unprotected, how far will you get? Today we're discussing X-Files Fight the Future, directed by Rob Bowman and starring David Duchovny, Gillian Anderson, Martin Landau, Mitch Pileggi, William B. Davis, Blythe Danner, and Armin Muller-Stahl. I'm Arnie, host of Now Playing. Stuart in L.A. And I'm Marjorie. And we're reviewing the X-Files movies. Why are we reviewing the X-Files movies when there's not been one for two years and does it look like there will be one anytime in the near future? Well, we're trying to go through some older series and this one was requested by a listener, Pat. Shout out to Pat. We hope he's doing well. So we decided, sure, we're revisiting the second X-Files movie. Brock and Alicia did a very short review of that back in Now Playing's previous incarnation where we did short spoiler-free reviews. And now we just spoil the hell out of everything. So why don't we start off by talking about each of our previous experience with the X-Files. I subscribe to Entertainment Weekly. That is the only thing I know about the entire <laughs> series. In the 90s, it was like every fourth cover, it had Duchovny or Jillian or both. It was either that or Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I never watched either show, but I feel just by osmosis, I know something about both shows because it was always just being discussed. I know that there's alien goo and bees and that Mulder was the believer and that Scully was the cynic. I know little bits and pieces, but did I ever see an episode? I saw part of one episode once (laughs) involving some hillbillies. It was kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre thing. It was very strange and not at all what I thought the show would be about. Other than that, you couldn't get more fresh. I I am as newbie as can be to the series. However, I have seen this movie before. With X-Files Fight the Future, that's going to be an interesting perspective. Mm. Marjorie, how about you? I used to watch X-Files when I was in college with a friend of mine. It became our ritual until they moved it to Sunday night, and then it just started to suck life out of us, so we quit watching it. To be honest, I don't remember anything about the series other than... There was supposed to be underlying sexual tension between Mulder and Scully. I never really saw it. It was just kind of blah. And David Duchovny looks really good. He's kind of hot, but not as hot as he is now. So I really don't remember much about this at all. I guess I'm the closest thing that the series has to the X-Files fan. 
I like Stuart was browbeaten by Entertainment Weekly, and you forgot one of the TV shows, Stuart. Chanko? NYPD Blue. Oh, yes, right. That was also, I, I think that every month it was Buffy, NYPD Blue, X-Files, then a movie. Then Buffy, NYPD Blue, X-Files, a movie. Well, they'd mix it up a little and get a friend in there once in a while. <laughs> and the X-Files intrigued me. I had friends who watched. I didn't until it hit syndication on FX. And it was a two-hour block, five nights a week, of the X-Files and NYPD Blue. And I dove into both with both feet. So I kind of gorged myself on the X-Files and just couldn't believe how enjoyable it really was. And I was really deep into the mythology. And I became a big X-Files fan. It kind of started to wean a little bit once I'd gotten through the seasons on FX and I'd been recording the episodes that were airing on Fox so I could catch up there. I bought the X-Files CD-ROM game where you played another FBI agent working with Walter Skinner and Duchovny and Anderson had cameo appearances there. I would say the zenith of my fandom was around the time of the movie we're discussing today. And wow, was I a fan at that time. They were making action figures. It was being done by McFarlane Toys. They were kind of expensive. I think they came in two packs. I bought all of these. I was hunting down the blue suit variation Agent Scully when I had the brown suit variation Agent Scully. I think I had the Scully with the cell phone, but there was a different Scully with a badge. I had the alien wrapped in the sheet, and I made the mistake of unwrapping it, and then the sheet wouldn't go back on the alien, so I had to buy another one. I mean, I was into the toys, the soundtrack, the games. I was a big X-Files fan. I presume you could have seen the alien when you unwrapped it, which I wouldn't have known what it looks like having watched the movie. <laughs> It was a big pile of gelatinous goo. And in the movie, you know how they kind of touch it. And it's not really the alien. It's kind of the human body. Oh, that's, right, right. Yeah. When it's inside the host. Okay. Right, yeah. right. And so it's this humanoid form that's kind of, it came in like this rubber jelly mold thing. So it was really gross. It was like the grossest action figure I'd ever seen at that point. McFarlane was still fairly new to figures back then. So yeah, I was a big X-Files fan. And when I went to see X-Files Fight the Future opening night, there were 30 of us going. <laughs> we were in a big group of 30 X-Files fans all there to see this movie, waiting to see how it would go. And I got to say that I just had this feeling when watching the movie, like I was on a motorcycle and beneath me was a shark. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I tried to watch the X-Files beyond that, and I watched... Up until around the time Robert Patrick joined the cast. I forget that. That's right. They cycled these guys out. I didn't even know Robert Patrick joined the cast until we we're watching the movie and you mentioned it. I'm like, oh. And Xena was on there for a little bit. And I just, I stopped. I just stopped. And I never kept up with it. Every so often I was shocked it was still on. I think I might have tried watching the spinoff show, The Lone Gunman. Oh, I saw five minutes of that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it to commercial break. <laughs> Woo! And I didn't even return for the X-Files series finale because I knew Duchovny had been gone for a long time by then and they were bringing him back. And it just all felt so desperate. So should we go to the plot summary at this point? Can you? Plot summary? Because uh, as the person that never watched this show, I would be really curious to know what I just watched. <laughs> All right. Well, I did the best I could to summarize this movie and not summarize nine seasons of The X-Files. <laughs> well, please do, because I feel like that's what it would take for me to understand. It starts at 35,000 B.C. in Texas, but it's in the Ice Age. 
and two cavemen, fresh from a Geico commercial, are attacked by an alien. One of the cavemen kills the alien, and the alien bleeds this black oil-like blood, which works its way under the caveman's skin. Fast forward about 37,000 years to modern day, technically 1998, between seasons 5 and 6 of the X-Files. At the end of season 5 of the X-Files, the big cliffhanger is the FBI closed the X-Files and Mulder and Scully were on boring FBI jobs such as investigating bomb threats. (laughs) So like regular FBI agents? Yes. Okay. How dull, how droll. Which must be why he decides not to investigate the building that actually has the bomb in it. (laughs) They find the bomb, and it detonates, supposedly killing three firemen, an FBI agent, and a boy. But in digging, Fox Mulder turns out that the bomb was a cover-up to explain the deaths of the firemen and the boy, who were actually killed after finding the alien blood in Texas. The boy had found the caveman cave while playing. He was infected with the alien blood. Then the firemen came to rescue him. The firemen were infected by the alien blood. But this discovery was quickly covered up by agents of the Syndicate, a global group of old, rich white men, such as the cigarette-smoking man from the series. After the bomb detonates, the FBI holds a hearing to investigate Mulder and Scully's role in the explosion, which I don't understand that necessarily. Yeah, that was a big mystery, but let's continue. Mulder is then approached by an old man, Dr. Kurtzwell, played by Martin Landau, who claims to have been a friend of Mulder's father and starts to give Mulder tips to the conspiracy going on. These tips lead Mulder and Scully to Texas and actually a cornfield in southern Texas that have two glowing domes in the middle. They go to the domes and are attacked by bees, but escape unstung, and then they're chased by a helicopter, so they go back to D.C. where Scully has a hearing, and she's told she's removed from working with Mulder, and so she resigns from the FBI. She goes to Mulder's apartment to tell him, and in the hallway outside his apartment, she's stung by a bee that had hitched a ride under her lapel. Of course. I don't know how I got through customs. I, you know... Bees are fine. Bananas, no way. (laughs) Actually, the bee came from Texas. It didn't have to go through customs. Well, I mean, she did have to get on an airplane, right? She didn't walk. But she didn't change her clothes either. So she (laughs) she passes out after the bee sting. Mulder calls 911, but the call is intercepted by the syndicates. So it's not real paramedics who come, but fake paramedics who take Scully and shoot Mulder in the head. Fortunately, Mulder's fine, and he goes to find Kurtzwell, but instead encounters another old man who's referred to as the well-manicured man. I didn't pay attention to his fingernails. (laughs) I didn't notice any good nails. But he's the well-manicured man, like the cigarette-smoking man. The well-manicured man was a member of the syndicate, and he breaks ranks with the syndicate and tells Mulder their whole plan. And I think this is the big reveal for the series, as we now know what all these people are up to. And what that is, is that the syndicate has been working with aliens for decades, planning Earth for alien colonization. The syndicate had thought the aliens were going to make humans their slaves and that this black oil blood stuff would just give them control over humans. But it's found out in this movie that no, the black oil is actually how the aliens reproduce. And so the blood would infect a human, thus making that human a host to a parasitic alien that would kill the human and then emerge as an alien warrior. In finding this out, the well-manicured man 
feels they've been double-crossed by the aliens. What he also tells Mulder is the syndicate has been double-crossing the aliens the entire time by trying to develop a vaccine that would protect members of the syndicate from the alien blood. Conveniently, the well-manicured man's car blows up right after this data dump to Mulder. He gives Mulder the vaccine and the exact coordinates in Antarctica where (laughs) Scully is being held. But not some place to get enough gas to make it all the way there. (laughs) Mulder goes to Antarctica and finds Scully as well as thousands of other pods with infected humans. Mulder gives Scully the vaccine, which starts a chain reaction and things start to catch fire and spark. And Mulder and Scully escape, as does the cigarette smoking man. And on the surface, Scully passes out as Mulder realizes where they were was inside an alien spaceship. The alien spaceship rises from the Earth and goes off into space. Scully and Mulder return to D.C. with the body of one of the bees that had been carrying the virus. Because I guess the bees were carrying the virus. So you don't just have to step in a puddle of blood. You can also get stung by a bee to get this alien breeding virus. And so the FBI then agrees to reopen the X-Files. And then we get a scene in Tunisia with the cigarette smoking man and the syndicate in a cornfield in Tunisia with their white domes full of, I assume, alien virus laden bees continuing their work. And this story will be continued on The X-Files Season 6 through 9, available (laughs) now on DVD. That's the best I can do for a brief summary. You know, have you ever read any conspiracy theories? On the internet and read some of the stuff that's out there. Some 9-11 stuff. That's, this is all totally plausibly written by one of those loons because <laughs> that's how deep and involved and just nutty it is. Here's the thing. We at Now Playing review movies. Now, sometimes movies are based on other things. Here, I almost feel like we're reviewing an NBC movie of the week TV thing. I mean, it reminds me of the Family Ties episode that they all go to Paris or London or something, and it was a two-hour movie, and it was actually filmed was instead of Was it like when videoed. the Facts of Life went to France, and then there was a brush? Yes, like that. That's kind of what I feel, because... <laughs> I wish we were reviewing Facts of Life. I had so much more to say about it. But doesn't this just feel like it was one of the multi-part episodes of the series that dealt with this mythology? And the X-Files only had certain mythology episodes, as they called them, conveniently during sweeps. A lot of times it was more of a monster of the week type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm aware that that was sort of their one-two punch. Some days it was a one-off Some days it was, well, we're going to tell you what the overriding plot of this TV show is. And this appears to be much more heavily in that latter half. As someone new to this, and they had to know, making a movie, that a lot of people were coming into this very unaware of X-Files. If it was going to be successful, they weren't just making it for the fans. Otherwise, why not just keep it on the show? I, I was lost. You know, I didn't really understand what I was supposed to take away from this. I, it feels like it's supposed to be bait to get me to start watching the show. And as that, well, I didn't go back and start watching the show. Well, it's almost like you really had to watch the first few seasons first, watch the movie, and then finish the series. Because having watched the first few seasons, granted it was like 17 years ago, but I totally lost. And I thought the story just didn't make sense, so I was really confused. I mean, really, what it seems like is 
I read a lot of stories on this again as the fan, and I can't tell whether Fox told Chris Carter, you are making a movie because the show's so successful, or if Chris Carter had a story that he didn't have the budget to tell on television. That wouldn't have been this story. Like, there was nothing about this movie that required an enormous amount of special effects. They're here in the movie, but I feel like you wouldn't have had to have done it. You know what I mean? Like, they could have pulled this off on TV with their TV budget. Yeah, you know, usually it's there's a TV show and the TV show ends because it gets expensive or whatever. And then they make a movie and they did that with Sex in the City and they talked about doing it with Friends. And there's so many cases of that. And then there's, of course, the reboots. We've got Beverly Hillbillies and Dukes of Hazard and things like that. But are there a lot of instances where a theatrical release goes on during a series? I could only think of two. Stuart, did you find any? Not unless Star Trek Next Generation was still on when they did that Generations thing. No, they had finished the Next Generation and Generations came like one year after. Well, what's the other one? I I must know. All right, I have two. Okay. The first one I could come up with off the top of my head, it was when we were first discussing this about doing this series, was Batman the movie in the 60s. They did season one of Batman, and then they did a theatrical release to promote the series as well, and then went into season two of The Batman. The other one I came up with, and this one is probably an odd one to think of. I thought of it later, and it really mirrors this X-Files movie in a lot of ways. Transformers the movie in 1986. Oh, yeah. Because you had the Transformers TV series, and then the movie came along, which changed everything. I mean, it killed Optimus Prime. It killed Megatron. Spoiler alert. And then... When the series returned, it was a totally new cast. And if you hadn't seen that movie, you'd be confused as hell. That was the closest parallel I could find to this X-Files was Transformers. And like that movie, I never watched the cartoon, but I did see Transformers, the movie, in theaters with my pen pal in fifth grade. Again, I was confused. The problem is, with this, Stuart, you said that you think the purpose here is to get other people to watch the show. I'm sorry, but if you hadn't seen this show, Would this movie make a damn bit of sense? Would you care about anything? Because this is written like an episode. you got to know who these people are going in. This movie does nothing to make you care about them and their plight and their mystery and their X-Files. And the cigarette-smoking man, who is one of the key members of the syndicate and, like, the evil guy. He looks a lot like Leonard Cohen to me. But Leonard Cohen with a cigarette is the evil guy from the X-Files. And... When he's introduced to the screen, I mean, the music swells and the camera angles are such that you know he's important. But would you know why if you didn't watch the series? I think you'd be lost. Well, I knew that there was a smoking man. I thought he was actually an ally. I thought he was like their deep throat. I thought he actually called them and fed them information. No, that was actually another guy who actually was called deep throat. Well, anyway, I don't know that we. I needed to know any of it, because I'm not sure in the end any of it matters. Here's the thing is I've been here before. I didn't watch X-Files, but I watched Twin Peaks. I've seen a couple episodes of Lost. I watched that original BBC Prisoner. I know how these shows work, and it's all based on inference. You don't want to know the mystery. There is no mystery. The whole thrill of it is in the exploration. It's not the big moments where you go, aha, I now know what's going on. It's the inference that just beyond the door in front of you, there'll be all the answers. And so I know that none of this really matters because in the end, very little transpires. For all of this gobbledygook, for all of this complicated, intricate 
mystery that spans time from cavemans to honeybees, none of it really matters because in the end you could have a character named, you know, the pork rind eating man two seasons later and he could say, you know, we made all of that up so that we would trick you into thinking this. And and so I just feel like all of this is kind of like, well, I'm just going to call it bunk. It feels like the air came out of the series in this moment. That scene particularly where you describe the well-manicured man in the car telling Dick Coveney what happened to his sister and what the whole thing was about, to me, I heard air seeping out of the balloon. I felt like it was deflating at that point. That wasn't a good moment where you finally feel rewarded for your five seasons of patience. That was, oh my God, this is what it is. (laughs) I gotta say, I remember going into this movie. I had watched The X-Files in order of airing, I didn't just watch the mythology episodes because every so often they'd seep it into other episodes too. And I remember being very confused. And when they'd have these big revelations, I had the same problem with Lost. They'd have these big revelations, but they'd be so spread out that you'd forget other things. And I didn't have the benefit of podcasts in the 90s where people could tell me every week what I was supposed to be seeing that week on the X-Files and remind me of the pertinent details like I had for Lost. So... I remember being very confused. They kept like going to different things. There were alien bounty hunters and this black oil blood and all of these things kept coming back. But I wasn't sure how it all fit together. I remember seeing this movie and feeling like there were some inconsistencies, like some things didn't fit. I've done a lot of reading of episode summaries. There's a whole X-Files specific Wikipedia site out there. And it seems like when it all was over... It all made sense. But by the same token, it also seems like Chris Carter was making it up as he went along. He was making it up as he went along. He was making it up. I will not listen to. They always are. Every series that's built on the mystery is making it up as they go along. George Lucas was making it up as it goes along. Nobody is sitting there with 200 scripts and going, I have it all worked out. Here's where I'll differ. I truthfully believe with Lost that after season one, here's what they've said. After season one, they decided to sit down in the writers together and say, what are we doing with this show? Where's it going? What do we want to have with it? Where's our line? And we're going to make up the scripts as we go along and deal with casting issues as we go along and things. But where's it going? And they decided where it was going and what it was doing and trickled it out. And what happened with Lost, the reason they ended it was because they realized, okay, we now know our end point. We have X number of stories to tell. Because it's a lot of work to develop a series. And you can spend a lot of money and a lot of time, and it could not even get picked up by the network. So you're not going to write it all out. You're going to write out the idea. You kind of mainly know where you're heading. You know what you want to hit. But all of that gets solved later when you have casting and you find out who's the popular character and I mean, that's the difference between a movie and a TV series is that TV series evolve over time and respond to audience reaction, whereas movies get made without anybody knowing how they're going to be perceived. But wasn't X-Files a highly unusual show on for its time? And it was wildly successful because there wasn't anything on like that. And it's Fox was still a newish network. It was five years old or so. Yeah, I mean, but it's still it, and no one ever thought it would last anyway. No, and it was thrown on Friday nights, but. I mean, I wouldn't say it was revolutionary. Again, Stuart mentioned Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks started what is still happening today on television with Sopranos and Lost and V, God help us. It was the start of trying to take the serial television format and evolve it to something a little bit more. Now, 
after Twin Peaks crashed and burned because David Lynch didn't know what it was going yeah. on. They freely admitted they never wanted to solve the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. That was implemented to them by the studio saying, you must wrap this up and quickly. And so they gave answers and then realized there was no show left and they still had 13 episodes to write. And so, and, and the series second season reflects that. I think that after Twin Peaks burned, we started to see people taking that and watering it down a little bit for the masses. You know, instead of just jumping into the deep end of the pool, they were slowly evolving it. And so you got picket fences, which had some of the quirkiness, but nowhere near the in-depth weirdness. And then you had X-Files, which had some of the mythology, but also in a easily digestible one-hour format. And Northern Exposure for the drama comedy people. Yeah. So I think that it was definitely groundbreaking in certain ways in that it was successful. It went for nine years, but it wasn't original. Because see, I never watched any of those shows that you just mentioned. None of them. Well, those mysteries were kind of popular. I remember even Richard Marks. You remember him, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, he put out a series of uh, videos based on his song Hazard, and it was supposed to be some murder mystery where you would learn over the course of the music videos who killed uh, Richard Marks' girlfriend or career or whatever died. (laughs) I'm not even sure. All right. So that brings us back to The X-Files. And it is, again, I say hard to review this movie as a movie. It just feels like, This was a big episode and should have been on during sweeps. But as a movie, I don't feel it worked. I just, I don't feel it worked. I felt there was too much going on, too many characters who didn't have enough to do. And too many of them have no names. Cigarette smoking man, well manicured man. I had flashbacks when watching this of the series and a lot of it came back to me. But you two, who weren't as familiar... Were you confused when all the old white men got together in Extraordinarily. England? I had no idea what was going on. I was lost. And I really was trying to remember a lot of my X-Files mythology that for the first three years of watching it. But I just, the lone gunmen even were lost on me. I was confused only in the sense that I thought the smoking man was a helpful character. And so I was bumping up with the idea that it looked like he was one of the bad guys. I mean, how much do you need to know? There's a room full of evil old white men. Well, isn't that always the case? Running the world. I mean, like, I get it. All right. So there's this small cabal of white men that control everything. And there's an alien buried under the ice that's sort of the MacGuffin. I That's all that I needed to know. I haven't seen any X-Files, but I have seen aliens. So I figured once we finally get to the body and there's these creatures gestating inside bodies, I'm like, all right, well, I know what this is. I got one question about you guys. So this is the first time we've seen the alien, and that should have been a big thing for you then, Arnie. I don't know if it is now. What is it? Because I think what I heard them say is, is it's a virus that doesn't have a body. And when it gets in your body, it takes all of your internal organs and rearranges them into some new form like oh i'll take a tibia over here and mix it with a liver juice and do a little thing and i'll pop up and i'll be this reconfigured whatever that's the alien no i believe that it's kind of like the alien from the movie alien it gets in your body in this case through the black blood and we've seen in the series though it wasn't made very clear here in the movie that once you're infected with the black oil is what it was called in the series before we knew it was alien blood when you're infected with the black oil you become like possessed you're you're kind of i don't know it it reminds me of when harrison ford drank the black blood in temple of doom and then he had to do amara's bidding Mm -hmm. Andy, i love you yes 
Exactly. So if you become infected with the black blood, you become their slave. But here we find out now that it has one other step, which is, I think like the original alien, it becomes parasitic. And yes, it turns your body to mush and it turns your bones soft and it pushes your organs out of the way. So hence rearranging. But it's growing in its original alien form inside of you. I thought Scully said something different. I thought she said it was reconstituting the body, which I thought was weird. And it also made me wonder why the hell there were bones to begin with, that the cave bones are found, discovered by the, the kid that falls in at the beginning of the movie. Why are there even bones left if it ate all of the internal organs? Like, why is there anything left? I guess I'll just have to watch the show to know. You can get the box sets or head to <laughs> iTunes and yes. download just the mythology episodes. You do think it had an original body because it yeah. existed before man. So it had to have a body, right? And it, it's in the opening scene. What it is, it's an alien virus. The reason it's black is it thrived in petroleum deposits found underground it's capable of entering humanoids and assuming control of their bodies. I guess it's a chicken or an egg thing. Did it start out being goo and then formed a body when it got hosts? Or was it? did it have hosts and came and came along and killed all their bodies and then it just became goo? Here's according to Wikipedia. The virus contains the alien's genetic blueprints awaiting reconstitution when the master species returns to Earth. So after the mature aliens depart, the black oil influences the development of life on Earth, even human evolution, until it goes into hibernation. Oh, God. Did they design pyramids for them, too? <laughs> Why are they always trying to explain the origins of mankind and these things in these hokey ways? It just doesn't work. It makes you look bad. So I guess it reconstitutes the human, but it does birth a new alien being within the human body as its incubator. Okay, well, now it's all crystal clear. Moving on. What confused me was not the first half of the movie, which I figured was replete with in-jokes and characters that if I cared to watch the previous five seasons, I would know more about. What confused me is that they didn't wrap up anything that they set out to do. I figured once you get through up all the stuff on the wall about old men and bees and all of this, they would at least come to a conclusion. And it became apparently clear as the movie progressed, that it wasn't going to do that. Really, in the scene where the well-manicured man spills the beans, that's when I knew that this was just trying to get me hooked to keep watching the show. And I'm not going to do that. I got a lot more out of this on the second viewing than I did the first time back in 98. I really got a lot more of the conspiracy out of it. But no, this really had no arc. The big climax of the film is Mulder getting on board the alien spacecraft and saving Scully... But Scully didn't get stung until like an hour and 20 in. It was nearly the end. Yeah. So I don't know what the plot of this movie is. If I had to tell you, I could, I summarized the there movie. There were bees and there were corn and then there were some helicopters and then some aliens. I did kind of like that scene. I am <laughs> going to say that. Even though I didn't understand what was happening, I did like the whole setup of how they went from the small town with the playground constructed over the hole where the aliens were to chasing the tankers that were on the train and ending up in the cornfield with the bees. All of that worked for me, but there was something they kept doing in this movie. And I want to know if they do it on the show that was really irritating. And that is they would get into an exciting situation and then cut and the next scene, they'd be walking into an office room. And I'm like, you're not going to tell me how they got back. <laughs> 
three times they did this. Jillian Anderson's in a morgue and these military guys burst in and she hides under a gurney and how is she going to get out of here? Next scene is in Texas. That was in D.C. The next scene's in Texas and she's there five hours later and nothing is even mentioned about the fact that she almost was discovered by these, these scary military types. And they do it, you know, after the helicopters are chasing them. Okay, somehow they get out of the cornfield and get back to D.C. And again, they do it at the end with they're in Antarctica. Their vehicle ran out of gas and it's been sucked under a giant hole and the spaceship flew away. They're in Antarctica, right? They're not going to live. No, next scene, they're in an office. (laughs) Yeah, because he was out of gas. And (laughs) I mean, how they cannot walk back. I do not accept that. I can believe there are aliens and goo and bees and all of it. I cannot believe they could survive subthermal temperatures for hours. It seemed very warm. Mulder didn't even really want his hood up in Antarctica. I, I was having alien versus predator flashbacks at that point. Oh, there were aliens fun. inside the bodies in Antarctica. I, I was waiting for the predator to it was come underground. down. Yeah, well, clearly there is a lot. I don't think I need to spell out too much of the fact that there's a lot of alien here and and they've got nothing on it uh, on the Ridley Scott movie. But he got his one up because now he knows for a fact that aliens exist. And that was the big thing. But he always believed it. It would have been more impressive if she had seen it and he had. Yeah. If that had been the turn of events, I could have seen the movie in this, that she had finally a change in character and finally had come around. And it was no longer about a cynic and a believer fighting, but that they were on the same side and the same belief system. I think that's an acceptable movie. But to have her pass out conveniently as the spaceship flies away was just too, too much. I remember one of the complaints among us fans back then, though, was oh boy. she's been doing this for five years. They've encountered psychics and telekinetics and fish monsters and she's still cynical? She's found bodies that are covered in a protein that does not exist on Earth, but she doesn't think that it's alien. How do you rectify that? I I don't know. She's gone from skeptic to just head in the sand. Yeah, it, it, it didn't work. You go with it because it's a fun way to play off two characters but i really needed to understand that in this movie she was finally going to come around yeah but much like two sitcom characters that finally hook up and fall in love or admit they love each other if she was no longer a cynic you wouldn't have a show uh don't they actually in the later seasons play with that i think i heard in the later seasons Mulder had amnesia and doesn't believe in the project anymore and scully actually becomes the the believer yes and then it was canceled well then there's also the seasons where david duchovny went off to do movies like evolution and so scully was the believer and then robert patrick was the skeptic and ah maybe that's it maybe that's what it was yeah i knew that they had flipped it a couple times and i guess that's just what happens when you're running out of gas but it doesn't seem like a creative move so much as a desperate and she really didn't have any movie options so (laughs) but You mentioned sitcom characters who hook up. One of the things that I never understood ever, I guess it's because it's Hollywood and anytime you have a male and female character, people want to see them hook up. Here, they tease those people who wanted to see Mulder and Scully hook up by almost having that kiss when she's stung by the bee. I'm sorry, these two have no... Wait, maybe that was a euphemism. (laughs) She got stung by the bee. Wink, wink. I'm sorry, these two have no romantic chemistry. 
None. No, I mean, the company doesn't have much chemistry in general. And I realize that's part of his charm, but it's a limited charm. It, it, it prevented me, as someone that didn't know the character, from really liking him and supporting him. It's just, he's too cold on the screen, always. Like, I just... It's how do you get invested in him? I, I don't know. And, and her, and her, I mean, I get her cynicism more maybe, but I, yeah, I just feel like they're not very interesting to begin with. They have all of this craziness around them and they're so low key. Maybe on the TV show that worked, but in a movie, it's a real problem. I just thought they were block characters. No, they are block characters. I remember the TV show. It was never that the characters were endearing. It's just that it was a good, interesting subject with a conspiracy theory. It came out. At the dawn of the internet, when you could finally see all this stuff online and the wackies came out with all their conspiracy theories. And this show was like fuel for the fire for that. It really did come out in an interesting time because, you know, the 90s were relatively peaceful. And so, you know, I think we had time to be conspiratorial and, and reflect on JFK and all of that. The fact that it didn't make it to 9-11 and all of the, I won't call them legitimate, but at least well-founded fears and what was going on behind government doors came forward. The show would have finally had some relevance and was already gone. Well, it did make it to 9-11. I mean, it didn't end until the last episode aired May 19th, 2002. Oh. So just nobody was watching. Right. Who knew? (laughs) But the movie also, if you go back to think about the 90s and our biggest fears, one thing that we had going on that was the dawn of those damn Africanized bees that were invading Texas and everybody was afraid of the killer bees. And aliens, because you had Roswell coming to a head, being a big thing. And again, this all goes back to the Internet, where more crazy people have access to more crazy ideas of other crazy people. You've got- and that's why they're listening to Now Play. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was almost irresponsible. I got to say, the movie starts with a bomb going off. And it's a clear allusion to the Oklahoma City bombing. And I'm it- glad you saw that, too, because I pointed that out, because there's even the same destruction pattern on yeah. the building. And I'm like, wow, that takes some balls to blow up a federal building in a southern state that's very close to Oklahoma and then use the same pattern of destruction as that building. And to feed it into a plot, not to talk about what domestic terrorism is, but to feed it into some crazy bullshit about alien goo and monsters that will pop out of you. It would not have been acceptable 10 years later. No, even now, I don't think we would accept a movie in which we found out the reason 9-11 happened was that Osama bin Laden was working with aliens. Or, or that it wasn't even Osama. That yeah. we had a whole bunch like that ship full of inge- half ingested humans needed to die. So they put them in the World Trade Center and crashed a couple planes. And that's what I mean. Like the Navis felt like loose enough that like we could actually get crazy. Whereas now we weren't really scared by it. We could allow our minds to wander in crazy directions. And now I feel like in the in 2000s, we would not be humored by the idea of, of finding the hidden reasons why Katrina happened and the oil leaks happened and 9-11 happened was all due to aliens. I guess things have gotten too bad for us to be lighthearted. It only could have happened in the 90s and under Clinton that we could have found this mirthful. I think at any other time, it would have been in poor taste. Well, the attitude of the country has greatly changed about stuff like that because, oh, yeah. I mean, with the Oklahoma City bombing and... You had your whole Waco thing around that time, too. People weren't as sensitive to those things, because otherwise that movie wouldn't have been able to be made with that federal, the explosion in the federal building. But then with 9-11, you can't really even show old movies with 
explosions near the World Trade Center because people flip out. And a Starbucks got in huge trouble because they had two beverages on a poster with dragonflies heading toward them. And people flipped out because they said it was a World Trade Center bombing. So our world has... Did you not hear about that? Uh, I can't remember that one. I do remember there was a car dealership. I, 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 there was some kind of car, and I'm not a car person, but their their car was the 911, and they were they were their ad campaign was get ready for the new 911. And I remember <laughs> me being personally offended when I read that on the back of a bus. I was like, oh, that's just terrible. Yeah, I mean, our attitude and feelings have changed. Now I don't know if there's a difference because 911 was by a foreign terrorist versus an. Homegrown terrorists. I think, I think some of that is exactly that. It's foreign and it's. We can attack ourselves, but don't you attack us. Right. I mean, it, it, some of it's foreign, some of it's religious based yeah. as well. Like I said, at no other time would we be so flippant about our current events as to spin them into conspiracy, alien conspiracy yarn. And I, I found it surprising that Oklahoma City would have only happened three or four years prior to this and that here it was in the movie. I feel like they take all of our conspiracy culture and kind of make light with it and that Mulder and Scully are almost comedic foils to these crazy plots. Like that's how it reads to me anyway, that we're meant to kind of laugh with them. They're doing deadpan line readings of jokes about what our history is and what it could really be. You know, speaking of all these things, to bring it back to the movie, I've got a sad admission to make. Until 9-11, I thought FEMA was a fake government agency developed by the X-Files that were being used to help extraterrestrials. Yeah, way to go, way to go on that. (laughs) They predicted the demonization of FEMA, yeah, what, eight years before Hurricane Katrina, so good job. Yeah, I remember 9-11, they were talking about, will FEMA get involved? I'm like, FEMA's real? Oh, no! (laughs) The aliens might have done that. Watching this movie now, you look back and it's like they were so completely wrong on FEMA because they thought FEMA was so organized that it could do an overthrow of the global governments to help with alien colonization. They can't even get water to New Orleans. Yeah, all they had to do was flood something and FEMA would have been lost. Yeah, it, it, clearly they're not as together as they want to present. Or are they? Is it all the... Is it all just a plot and a cover? Yeah, here's, here's the thing that's irritating. The, I think what's, what's more troublesome than that they make light of Oklahoma City to me is the fact that it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> all right. You have people infected with an alien virus that are being kept in a building that nobody knows about. And so the way to cover that up is to blow it up. I got the impression they weren't kept in that building. They were put in that building around the same time as the bomb to explain their deaths in an explosion in such a way that you can't find these alien infested bodies. I I think that's exactly right, Arnie. I think what it is, is they knew they had to dispose of the bodies. They didn't tell anyone that they were dead yet, because as far as that town knew, they were just taken away. They were injured. So they had to find a plausible way to have these people die and having a FEMA investigative office in this federal building and putting those bodies in there and then blowing up the building. Okay, who's upset? Like, I never saw the parents of this kid. I never saw anybody from the town other than three boys that got bought off with Schwinn's. You know, like, there's <laughs> there's nothing. There's not, Like, all it took was building a playground for this to be, you know, dusted over. I'm like, I think they could have just died and that was it. Call it the Hantavirus. <laughs> like, you don't need to blow up a federal building to draw attention away from something that nobody is talking about. Well, not necessarily draw attention away, but they had to find a way to 
explain their deaths. Explain their deaths and dispose of the bodies. And I'm guessing that the bodies have to be burned, first of all, which leads me to think, why couldn't they burn them in a field and find a different way? It seems like... Car wreck. Yeah, car wreck. Ambulance wrecked and everybody burned up and died. Yeah. And it never stops Gillian Anderson from pulling out a body anyway and going, it's all covered with an alien protein. Didn't even work. You didn't even burn the body after blowing up an entire building and killing people and having the attention of the world turn to what you didn't want anyone to look at. It's the dumbest cover-up ever. And I just don't understand why Mulder and Scully were being investigated when they're the ones who found the bomb and saved... <laughs> Thousands of lives by getting the building evacuated, almost at their own life. Why were they the ones being investigated in this? I because, just... and they're right. Why the <laughs> hell were they there? The bomb that was across the street. <laughs> why the hell were they there? But then again, I say this is bad protocol. There's a bomb threat in a building. You get... Lots of buildings evacuated. Like like a three-block radius. Yeah, exactly. Like the fact that other people were going about their day while the, the building next door could explode was ridiculous. And the setup is contrived, but I tried to go with it. I hate to be the one to give you this news, but actually, I know from emergency management planning for my office, if there's a bomb threat, it's more than likely not a bomb in the building, but a car outside the building with a bomb in it. So you don't even evacuate the building that has the threat until you've had a chance to check, because if you evacuate the building, more people could be hurt outside than in. Anyway, I, I find it hard to believe that no one else knew what was going on. And why were they being punished for finding the bomb? You know, it might be a great way to think outside the box. Here's a medal. Because you needed a Coke, you found the bomb. At the root, it makes no sense for them to blow up that building. None. Like, if they needed to dispose of those bodies, they didn't even get rid of all the bodies. There's still one body left. I'm like, this is the lamest cover-up ever. You burn all of them except one, except you don't really burn it, and then you let the X-Files get a hold of the bodies. They're asking to be caught. I almost feel like the syndicate can't stand the fact that nobody's on to them, so they leave <laughs> these very bad things for Mulder and Scully to sniff out. And that's how it was started to play out. It was really ludicrous. Uh, can we talk about Mulder's sister? Because I feel like, wasn't that a big plot in the, in the series? Like, that was the big motivator for why he needed to believe in aliens, was that his sister had been abducted. Correct. And in this movie, we find out, maybe, quite possibly, the real reason why she was taken. And that is, if, if my new-to-the-series mind got this correctly, the father, her father actually decided the best way to inoculate her from this potential alien virus was to turn her into a clone. There was something about <laughs> clones. I, I wasn't quite following all of that. Okay, so it wasn't just me. I think that's what the man said. I mean, he said a lot in that car, but I think that's what the man said, to which I would say, why doesn't the man love his son enough to do the same damn thing? <laughs> Why would he not help his son but go abduct his own daughter to turn her into a clone when there's already a vaccine anyway? I mean, this is why I mean the conspiracies. This is where you start to smell the bullshit coming out of this. Like, you can hide things and abstract them in mystery, but at a certain point when you start revealing things and they don't make any damn sense and they are so counter to logical inquisition that's when I know I don't need to see anymore. That's why I know I'm not going to join them on season six, because you're lying to me. You're not telling me a story that's slowly evolving. You're making up bullshit, and you're asking me to, to believe in it. I'm looking up on the wiki right now about his sister. 
Let's see. And did we? And did they ever solve that issue? Yes, I mean, that- yes, uh, they did. It looks here. Uh, the syndicate formed in '73 to work with the aliens. Um, the aliens decided to take a family member from each main syndicate family as collateral. So. Mulder's father discussed it with his wife. The wife was unable to make a choice. He chose Fox, but then the cigarette smoking man made them choose Samantha instead. I actually am having a flashback of my own right here. I actually saw this episode where this happened. Samantha was cloned several times. Uh And it also here says that in the seventh season... Mulder eventually discovers the truth about his sister, that she was abducted and various tests were performed on her and then returned to the smoking man and lived out her life under his supervision, all the while undergoing additional tests. She was unable to bear the testing any longer, so she ran away from home and was eventually admitted to a nearby hospital where she disappeared from her locked room. It's revealed she was taken by spiritual intervention with the help of beings called walk-ins and Mulder is briefly reunited with Samantha's spirit. Ugh. And if the show had kept going, we would have found out that she actually joined a group of people that lived under the earth and a, you know, flower roots. I mean, this is just garbage. They're just making it up and spinning something more. If they were going to bring up this thing at all, if you were going to bring up the sister at all, you need to give us the definitive answer there. The end. That's what a movie is. You're giving me the juice. You're giving me what I came to see. You're not telling me lies. I just knew in that scene in the car when that was the whole reason for why his sister disappeared, that she was to be inoculated from alien viruses by being turned into a clone, which doesn't make sense in and of itself. That's also a very poor explanation for why a child would be abducted. And it's not even tightly woven. Like the whole bee under the lapel thing. She went from Dallas to D.C. She doesn't change her clothes? You're going (laughs) into like a big thing that you could determine the course of your job. You don't want to be a little fresh? Yeah. A little arid, extra dry, and that bee's just happy to hang out under her collar for the trip from Dallas to DC. I would have so been better if it had like gone with some stranger. Well, here's what I thought. I actually thought the bees were the aliens or part of the virus <laughs> and that it was hiding. Like it was like, I'm going to wait for the right moment and then get her, which doesn't make any sense either. But I thought the only thing that could make sense as to why this animal would be there for all of that time and never striking her. And then at that moment deciding to strike her. I admit that I thought the bee planned it and that's why it stung her because they had just talked about what, how do we get Mulder off her back? Take away the thing that matters most to him. Yeah. And it was her. So I think right. the bee, he planned it. And I know that sounds nuts. No, it doesn't sound nuts. It sounds like somebody's idea in the script writing room that they might not have followed up on. Like, I feel like they throw shit on the wall and see what sticks, see what the fans like. And like, that's what becomes the truth this season until we invent another character to tell it was all lies. And here's the real reason. And I guess I, you can only walk through so many doors before you realize you're not going anywhere. And this just feels like this is the moment where you find out that the man behind the curtain is a complete idiot. You know, like it's just it's ruined. Uh, you and rather than a big reveal in which we're like, oh, you know, Soylent Green is people or, you know, we blew it all up, you damn dirty apes, all of that. This is a moment where you realize, oh, I've been wasting my time and I don't need to see any more of this. It's not even plausible. I've seen the Today Show when Ann Curry went to Antarctica. You can't just go to Antarctica. <laughs> it's not like you go to the airline and say, I want two tickets to Mexico City. No, I want one ticket to Antarctica. It's not like that. It insulted my intelligence, I got to say. I, I felt like I'm smarter than the people who created this. And that 
upset me. It's the end that really lets you down. It's the last, it's the climax of the film. It's the last third of the movie. It's the important part. It's the part where you've told us you're going to finally tell us some of the answers to these long burning questions. And they're so bad. They're so implausible. They're so insubstantial. I, I just feel like, yeah, I'm, my takeaway would have been, boy, if I had been watching that series, I would have been mad that I wasted so much time. But yet, strangely, this movie has me so enticed now that the series is over and some of the research I've done about this. It makes me kind of want to go back and go, all right, I'll watch those 209 hours of television and try to figure no, this out. No, I'm saying no. <laughs> but that's you, Arnie. I don't think most people are going to have that response. That's you. That's why you're the person that watches, you know, every episode in a series. It's because you always want to know more. You you never get to the point where you want to stop so bad. I don't think this movie is going to draw anyone in who's never seen X-Files. And that much makes me wonder if it was a great idea, because The X-Files was a good hit for Fox, for Fox Network when it was fledgling. But it's not like this show ever had such huge ratings that this movie was going to be astronomical. I guess it was cheap and it it made its money back. They made a sequel or another movie, but it just seems like kind of a, a poor idea. Well, Arnie, they weren't pitching it for masses. We've covered Star Trek on here. It's exactly that. They thought they had Star Trek. They thought they had a cult TV show that rather than canceling it in its prime, we can actually market it to its max in its prime and do movies and dolls and everything. Really, really mass marketed this whole thing. They thought they had Star Trek and they thought that they were lucky enough to still have it in production when it had become this cult thing. But it never really did go beyond the cult. No, and the thing is, if you wanted to open it up, you needed to do what Star Trek did and have standalone stories that work. This was so intertwined mm-hmm. with the series that you two both are lost as to what you watch. I'm still lost, and I watched the series about who exactly was in the helicopters over the... Do, do we just all say it's the syndicate yeah. and wash it away like that? I guess so, but if the truth is out there, I would like some told to me. And you know what? This would have been a great time to do, in my opinion, if, if I were writing this movie. The X-Files have been going on for five years. You've had the same conspiracy for five years. You know, if this were to go back to the Twin Peaks thing, use this movie to say who killed Laura Palmer so everybody comes and sees it, but kill somebody else so we have a new mystery now. Put this mystery to bed, and then instead of it being aliens next time, let's have it be the lost city of Atlantis or something, you know? Have them have a new mystery born out of the climax of this mystery. Give me something for my $7 ticket. Yeah. It had become too enamored with this one storyline. It sounds like the problems. It really, at its heart, was an episodic show where anywhere you go in the world, there's a mystery and you investigate it and you solve that mystery. But maybe there's an interconnection with another one. I, You know, it, it didn't seem like it would be that hard to do a standalone thing, but they were just so in love with the idea of this one alien tar whatever thing and and chris carter mentioned in the supplemental material of i watched it actually on videotape if you can remember that vhs uh he actually was just jazzing about the fact that this was the first time that he ever showed the aliens and that he claims he had designed the series that way right yeah like you knew it was going to go five years everyone thought it would be canceled after the first season but he claimed that he it was very important strategically that he not show 
Return of the Aliens before now. So I guess this is the first time we actually saw an alien. I just remember seeing this in 98 and being so confused and seeing that alien and being like, well, what does this have to do with like the alien bounty hunter guy and all of this other stuff? It really didn't make sense. Again, a second thing they could have done is made this a standalone episode, you know, a standalone movie that they were investigating that would both tie into the series and provide some information like them going up against the syndicate for some third piece of information something new by making it all about these mythology episodes which admittedly were the highest rated episodes which is why it was always on during sweeps they instantly shut out letting new people in i think yeah, it definitely felt like it. it would have been like making a Lost movie after the, the fourth season. It's like no one is going to process this that hasn't already bought into it. And you only stand to lose disappoint fans by doing it. You're not going to gain new ones. And so from a strategic standpoint, from the idea that you want it to be popular, it was a horrible miscalculation. Well, notice that it's not the norm now it didn't launch a whole bunch of TV series making movies in the middle of their series. It was a failed endeavor, and and yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to know who to, to fault exactly, but like I said, you only stand to lose fans here. You will not gain new ones by playing the game this way. Yeah, I mean, some of the reason TV works is because, especially network TV, it's free. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay anything for it. Well, now... How many shows would I watch if I cut off my cable and had to pay iTunes for every episode? But I think we're going to find that out in the coming years. I think that's where TV's headed. But the thing about releasing a movie like this for a series in this day and age where we have everything digital, it would be much easier for like, oh, that movie looks interesting. It may be a show you might not have tried before. Where you could actually go back and watch the seasons proceeding probably pretty quickly within a few weeks thanks to Netflix, iTunes, Amazon, whatever, then be able to go see the movie. Marjorie, you just reminded me of another instance. I remember! A TV series that went to a movie and it changed the series and so they had to show the movie on TV before the series resumed. is it Clone Wars? Smurfs. Because they had the big movie where they were introduced to Johan and Pee Wee <laughs> with the magic flute. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this is something you guys experienced together. No, actually, I, I didn't go to this. I've never seen the Smurfs. No, movie. I went with Kristen Ehrenberg. Yeah. Of course. So, Stuart, Marjorie, do you recommend the X-Files fight the future? Stuart. You know what I ought to do is just withhold my, I'll tell you next time. <laughs> I just keep, I'll just keep dragging this out over the years. You'll have to listen to podcast after podcast to find out what I really thought about that. I could do that. I could play their game. I could you could drop just a little bit of information every I, show. Yeah, yeah. I think I might do that. No, I the don't. The cinematography was good. Yeah. Find out more in two weeks. <laughs> I don't think it would take long for people to sniff out that I'm not a big fan of this. I, I, I wasn't converted. I'd like to believe that the show was better. I could, I've seen enough of this to believe that it probably was fairly decent TV in maybe its first couple of years, but that this was indeed, as you suggested, a jump the shark moment. It was a it was a cash grab. They thought they could make money off blowing up an episode into theatrical proportions, and they picked the wrong episode because it's not captivating. I I don't even think it would be a highly rated episode if it had rated run on TV. It just feels like an off one and and a poor choice for launching a would-be theater. It doesn't set me up high hopes for doing another X-Files movie, but I guess that's where we're headed. No. 
Marjorie. I don't remember the X-Files TV series being so damn confusing. Oh, it was. Was it? I just, maybe I'm blocking that out. I would say if you've never, ever, ever seen X-Files, do not pick up this movie. If you're interested in maybe a huge project where you could start with episode one and continue on, watch the movie where it was intended, and then continue on with the series, go for it, because you'd probably really like it then. But as a standalone, no skip it because you're just going to end up thinking you wasted a dollar or two unless you can find it like on HBO or something. Let, and let me just add to that. I do know that Fox has repackaged X-Files many, many times on DVD and they do have some box sets that are just about the alien conspiracy. You can get just the episodes that are about this very thing. Are you kidding? Mm-mm. Oh my. And I'm kind of sp- going to split. I recommend this movie to people who are already its target audience and already watching the X-Files anyway, and to whom I don't need to recommend this movie. But to the mass audience, no, this movie does not stand alone. It should have been a multi-part episode. It feels like they just made a big episode, because the X-Files was big into that around this time, too. They didn't just have two-parters. They'd have, like, four-part episodes that would straddle sweeps. Like, this is the prologue episode of the five-episode parter, and all of that. It felt like this was one of them. There was nothing special about this to make it worth a movie however it did reveal some information to the x-files diehards who want to know the conspiracy so if you're an x-files diehard you have to see it if you want to know about this alien conspiracy and the syndicate and the black blood and all of this and if you're just watching the tv series you're going to wonder what the hell happened to the well manicured man where'd he go after season five so yeah you do have to watch it but nothing about this movie makes it special even though they had some guest stars in there like martin landau and them it just it doesn't work as a movie and i want to just say arnie you you get a pebble but you don't get the cake like you don't get the whole thing like uh, you you get more of it but you don't there's nothing conclusive about this movie either there's nothing where like that's settled you don't walk away from this movie feeling like I now know what the game is. I think you do. In this entire movie, all you have to watch is the well-manicured man talking in the car. No, uh, <laughs> that's, that's where a- everything is. You could just watch that on YouTube and save yourself two hours. It's the worst scene in the movie. No, the worst scene is when Mulder and Scully are doing their high school drama. I don't know if I can do this without you in the hallway. That's the worst scene in the movie. Neither one of them are fantastic actors. But... It's the one where you find out, yes, there are aliens. The aliens are going to colonize Earth. They're going to do it with their blood. And the syndicate is working with them because the syndicate will be spared. And now Fox Mulder has to stop. That sets the game afoot. I wish the movie had been that conclusive in presenting that information as you did for me. Because when I hear you say that, I go, oh, okay, that's an interesting movie. And then I think about what I just watched and I went, oh, I I wouldn't have known that that's what it was about. Yeah, and it's all from that one scene. It really is. But what we watch is a movie about bees and Antarctica and cavemen, and it isn't clear. It just isn't clear. No, I can't recommend this to the masses at large. So, no. So, Marjorie Stewart, thank you for joining me to discuss The X-Files 
fight the future. And if you enjoyed this episode, please come to nowplayingpodcast.com. You can listen to our other movie retrospective series. In sci-fi, we've done Terminator and Star Trek. In alien-type movies, we've done the entire Predator series, including another movie that visits Antarctica, Alien vs. Predator, and its sequel. We've done Friday the 13th, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, House of a Thousand Corpses, Martin Scorsese. So you can find it all at nowplayingpodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this series and you want Now Playing to keep coming, please support Now Playing. We have a donate button on our homepage. Donate whatever you feel the show is worth. If it's a penny, you're basically telling us you don't recommend us. So go and donate there. And you can also support us by wearing Now Playing merchandise or buying a camcorder with Now Playing's logo on it or a clock or a clock radio or a mouse pad. You can find that all at the Now Playing store at nowplayingpodcast.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter and we do mini reviews of movies we see other than the ones for this series. You can find links to our Facebook and Twitter page at nowplayingpodcast.com. You can find a link to our forums at nowplayingpodcast.com where you can chat about all of our reviews with other listeners like yourself. Thank you again, guys, for joining me, and we'll be back next time with The X-Files. I want to believe it can be good. <laughs> I want to believe I can understand it, at least. <laughs> we'll hope. I'll, I'd be interested to know if any of the threads continue. We'll find out next week. Thank you for listening to Now Playing's X-Files Retrospective Series. They've closed the X-Files. Be sure to head to our website, nowplayingpodcast.com, and listen to our other retrospective series, such as Predator, Terminator, Star Trek, and many more. Only then will you realize the scope and grandeur of the project. Go. And while at nowplayingpodcast.com, you can find a link to our forums where you can discuss these films, as well as links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, where you can read our movie mini-reviews and chat with other listeners about the show. Trust no one, Mr. Mulder. If you enjoy Now Playing, please support the show. You can find a link to donate to the show using PayPal from our homepage, or you can buy Now Playing t-shirts, coffee mugs, mouse pads, and much more at the Now Playing Cafe Press store. Support from listeners like you help keep Now Playing operating. I don't know if I want to do this alone. I don't even know if I can. And if I quit now, they win. Now playing, the X-Files retrospective series is edited by Jay. Fail to anticipate the unforeseen or expect the unexpected in a universe of infinite possibilities, we may find ourselves at the mercy of anyone or anything that cannot be programmed, categorized, or easily referenced. Now playing is not affiliated with 20th Century Fox. X-Files and all the X-Files universe contains are copyright and trademark 20th Century Fox and no infringement is intended. The element of surprise, random acts of unpredictability. Now playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2010. Yeah, he put out a series of uh, videos based on his song Hazard, and it was supposed to be some murder mystery where you would learn over the course of the music videos who killed uh, Richard Mark's girlfriend or career or whatever died. I'm not sure. Wait a minute. No, wait I, a second. He married a nearly famous person. Oh, my God. Well, that, I almost I nearly heard about that. Yeah. No, he married the girl that got knocked up in Dirty Dancing. Penny. All right. Who cares? <laughs> we'll have Skulder and... Mully uh, fighting this alien. Scalder and Mully. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
oh yeah <laughs> well you know i did, uh, i gotta admit i did that all the time i did scalder <laughs> all the time in my notes so wait a wait a second so i married a man who didn't know fema was real he thought it was just on the x-files and you've never seen the original jaws yeah yeah but. wow i would again things i wish i would have known before we got married <laughs> but I could quote WKRP in Cincinnati and that Well, guy. I guess that makes up for it. All right. 